such a good album. I've been jamming into the jamming to this nonstop for ever now. Still can't get enough. Welcome back. Hyped to be here. And as always, each episode is brought to you by All I Need Skateboarding. Um, you can check everything out at allineedskate.com. And if you click on the store link at the top of the page, it'll take you to our web store. You can check out our boards. You can ch- check out our new series that's coming. Um, Thrive Prosper Rise series is dropping uh, the end of this month, I believe. It'll be available. Um, waiting on them right now, actually. Uh, super excited to see him, though. Peter James Glenn killed it. Actually, I have an episode coming out with him after this one, I believe. Um, we have our new t-shirts up on our online store. It's a Thrive and our Rise tee. Uh, please check everything out at allineedskate.com. And the cool thing is, if you cop anything from our store, it goes into directly supporting this podcast and so I can keep bringing you guys these fucking epic episodes. Um, yeah, thank you. Also, this show is sponsored by The Edge Indoor Skate Park. And we have some cool stuff coming coming up at The Edge. I'm really excited. At the end of this month, we have the Wild Card Game Escape. If you guys have been listening, I've been talking about it on uh, episodes prior to this. But if you're just tuning in, we got um, on the 31st, August 31st, 9 p.m. to midnight at The Edge Indoor Skate Park in Taunton, Massachusetts. I love this skate park. It's so close to my home. Uh, the people that own it are family to me, and it's a central spot in New England where everyone comes to skate in the winter. You know, when there's you can't go outside, everybody comes here. Um, not just pros, but everybody. Literally everyone from the shops around here, all the shredders, and uh, we do skateboard lessons there. But there's pros too. Westgate, Don Pierre, um, Donnie Barley. There's a lot of people in this area, so it's crazy. Uh, but at the end of this month, Wild Card Game of Skate's coming, so that's going to be really fun. And then also, November 5th and 6th, the New England Am, it's third annual New England Am is coming, so that's going to be popping off. Uh, mark your calendars if you can make it. It's going to be a live, live, live experience. It always is. That's how we do it. We try to make it fun and uh, exciting and, and make it a moment instead of just points and competitions. It, we just try to like realize that we're here for skateboarding and everybody has the day off. Everybody's here just to skate and kill it. So I'm excited for that. Um, and last but not least, uh, this episode is brought to you by World Industries. Um, new stuff with World is the Flameboy Lives collection. They have new apparel on their online store as well. You can check it out at worldindustries.com and yeah uh, I've been posting some stuff online about it as well so if you see it out there uh, give us some feedback let us know what you think uh, today's guest is the legendary Mike Burnett um, I went on a trip a long time ago with Mike uh, we went to I believe it was Portugal and Spain it was a birdhouse trip it was me, Westgate, Susky, um, Nasser it was a solid crew man um, Seamus, I don't want to leave anyone out, but, um, it was one of the best trips of my life, and I got to meet Mike Burnett on that trip, like, really hang out with him, because I think it was, like, a two-week trip, and, uh, I just realized he was, uh, someone that I think is fucking epic, and, uh, one-of-a-kind person, so, uh, hope you enjoy this episode, and thank you for everything, guys. Mwah! I just love the skating and the scene. 
rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. Boy, today. Boy, today. This is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder, podcaster, and All I Need Skate founder, Anthony Shetler. So everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skateboards in the garage. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Get on this thing. <laughs> Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me and you learn some tricks or whatever and you get that appreciation from your peers, you know? The other skaters are like, holy shit, like, yeah, dude, that's rad. Admiration. Yeah, yeah the admiration or the, the affirmation. Real, recognized real. If I didn't experience those crazy moments my life, then these great moments would never be as great as they have been. Honestly, like for me, I just loved it. Like I saw those dudes, I saw those videos, and I was like, holy fuck, this is sick. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Hey, dude. What's up, Mike? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Good. Hell yeah. Just, um, if you give me one second just to kind of make sure everything's working. Yeah, how do you, uh, do you have, is, is this just so we're looking at each other? Yeah, I only record the audio. Oh, okay, cool. This is just so we don't have to, like, feel like we're talking in space. Yeah. You look fine. good anyways, don't worry about it. I look, I feel great. <laughs> Um, all right, let me get a little checklist. I got to make sure I cover so this is recording correctly. Yep. All right, we got the audio. Not like re- having to redo a whole interview. I've had to do it, man. It's no fucking fun. Me too. Yeah, oh, you know. Yeah, you fucking know for sure. <laughs> I've had one where like, especially with like the podcast since it's audio and it's just like one take, it's really hard to replicate. We talk about so much shit and then it's like, we got to talk again, but it's like, <laughs> you can't just write out questions or anything. Yeah. Can't. I used to use that. I used to use this thing. Nice. How do you hook that up? Are you The fucking mini, mini tape. Do you, but like, so if you call someone and you just like hold that to the phone or is there like you a. You put it on speakerphone. I got a bunch of them. Nice. Let's see which one this is. You're a fucking. See who it is, what it says. I can't tell. Yeah, yeah I, have, I have drawers full of these. Dude, you're old school. Look at that ancient technology. I don't use it anymore, but I did. Here's a Jamie Thomas interview. Whoa, sick. The other side, John Alley. Damn, that's a good one. <laughs> is uh, Are those like mini cassette tapes? Yeah, they're mini cassette tapes. How many do you have of those, do you think? I don't know. They're kind of... Throw them to the wind. I probably have like 10 or 12, though. Sweet. But for the last 10 years, I've recorded it on my computer. So I have, in iTunes, I have, I don't know, 75 wow. interviews. Well, welcome to 2016 and upgrading your whole system. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, bub. Have you heard any of the podcasts in the past? I've listened to bits and pieces here and there. Nice. All right. Then I don't you know. have a way, I don't have a um, aux cord plug-in in my car, so uh, that's typically where I would listen to most stuff. <laughs> so uh, I've listened to bits and pieces, but I'm always otherwise I'm at my desk. And well, I'm always got to do some work. You know it'll be a shit show if you've heard a little bit. You know it's. Oh a shit yeah. Show. 
Yeah. You should be, you should be right comfortable in this area then. Oh yeah, no, I'm fine. I feel like you deal with like, um, a lot of shit shows. Interviewing skateboarders? Yeah, yeah, no, I've, yeah, I mean, I've done it for almost 20 years. Jesus. Alright, well, let's start at the top then. Because we know each other, but like, I like to hear how you found skateboarding or how skateboarding found you. Uh, Back to the Future, dude. <laughs> Sick. Seriously. Marty? I saw Back to the Future, and uh, there's the, I think, what did he do? He like kicked the board up in his hand. Like, he did a couple different little things. That was the first time I saw skateboarding where it was like I saw tricks and stuff. How old were you? 12 or 13. Damn. You see, Back so, to the Future got you hyped. Yeah, I mean, in so much as like, I didn't know there were wider boards. I didn't know they made those wide boards. Yeah. Because I had them. I had skateboards as a kid from the toy store, the little skinny plastic ones. Yeah, those are know? bullshit. I had, well, it was fine as a kid. Like, I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I didn't know that they made wide boards, and then I didn't know that there was, like, tricks. Yeah. Really, you know? So when I saw Back to the Future, then I was like, holy cow. Uh, so that was, like... That was my first exposure to that kind of thing. You didn't want to hover. Um, you didn't want a hoverboard. You wanted a skateboard. Uh, that was like Back to the Future Three. I was already skating by then. I don't even think I saw that one in the theaters. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, that was like initially, and then that like, that that year in junior high or whatever. That was when all the kids got boards. You know, uh, when like just and. Uh, so I got a toy, it was still another toy store board, but it was like a Valterra, so it was wide, with wide trucks and stuff. Was it made by those? skateboarders? No, it was Valterra. Do you remember Valterra? <laughs> Never even heard of it, Mike. Like Veriflex, you heard of Veriflex? Yeah, okay, there we go. Yeah, it was like, something like that, like a something you buy at the sporting goods store. Nice. Yeah. You did the job done. Yeah. And then a couple, I don't know, I don't really know the exact timeline, probably within that year. I, I got to see a VHS copy of Future Primitive, Whoa. which is the third PAL video. Nice. Um, and that was like, that, you really tripped out on that. What because, were they doing in that video? Um, that's the one where Tommy Guerrero has the section on SF where he's ollieing. <laughs> yes. He's like going down hills and ollieing little gaps. He does a 360 at the dish. He does slappies. Sick. Um, he does hazards. And then, I mean... That's pretty advanced. Like that was maybe eighty five or eighty six when they put that out. Yeah. So it was like everything. I mean, all the vert stuff they could already, you know, five forties and all the hand plants and stuff. So it was just like, holy, holy shit! Like I hadn't seen a magazine either. Yeah. So I'd seen Back to the Future, (laughs) and then I saw Future Primitive, and so it was like, holy shit! Look what you can do. Before that, there was just like kind of rumors about it. Yeah. Like. What could people, what could you do on a skateboard? Because I lived in a small town in Texas. Nice. So, Crazy. Uh, um, yeah. I wouldn't so expect you for a Texan. Yeah, I grew up in Texas. My Where? whole child. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was like a rumor about an Ollie, but we didn't quite figure out how it worked, you know? Nice. There was a lot of that kind of stuff before you could actually see see the the pictures. And then after that, I saw, like I got some magazines i went on vacation with my parents and went to a record store and bought and got to buy two thrashers 
Whoa, sick. So I had two things to look at. And you, so, did you just like destroy those magazines just with your eyes? Yeah, no, I, I'm, you know, I, I, I definitely looked at them a lot, but uh, even that was kind of confusing because it would show like somebody, it would be a picture of like Krishna Soy, like three feet above a car in the method air position with like no <laughs> ramp in sight. Like, How did, because you didn't know, so, but you, you didn't realize he just ran up there and jumped into the air and put the board on his feet. Oh, that's but, what he did. I thought maybe there was a ramp hidden. No, um, there was a lot of that going on, which was really would really throw you off because you're like, how how did he get that high in the air? <laughs> yeah, like, is there something is there something I don't know about that that you know it was like such so mysterious. That's funny. I never even thought of that. I didn't even know that existed. You just blew my mind. I had no idea. Well, dudes were, besides Mike V, obviously. Oh no, a lot a lot of people did them. No like shit. that was like a common early street trick was was grabbing your board, running, and jumping into the air and putting it on your feet. Must make like, such an epic photo because you can just – Like Jeff – Ke- yeah, because it looks like the dude's doing an eight-foot air somehow like this. But at the time, you like you didn't really know, especially as a kid and also like not having access to the information. You're like maybe there's something we don't know that le- allows you to fly over a car. Yeah, you're watching Back to the Future. You believe anything, bro. <laughs> You yeah, think, you think time travel's real? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Me too. So yeah, so that was like the original. That was the original like spark of interest. You know? Yeah. Did you look at when you were looking at the mags? Um, I guess it's kind of both. But were you more focused on skating or shooting like the actual photos that they took? Did you take oh, in no, photography no, just, then? No, I mean I took. I have. I was in like high school photo classes. Um, but no, I didn't. I didn't think about it like that. I yeah. wasn't. I didn't care. I didn't care. Uh, I just wanted to skate. Nice. Yeah. What was Texas like so growing up? Um, I lived in College Station, Texas, which is where Texas A&M University is. It's in East Texas. It's a really big football college. Yeah. Like it's like the stadium, the football stadium is the biggest structure in town. Gnarly. Um, so it was like a city with one high school, one junior high, um, and it was based around the university it's super conservative um smallish town um i don't know like there's a lot of things that were maybe shitty about it but it was cool it was fine did you, you know fit in? i had um not on like a popular like school level but i didn't feel like tortured or anything was like that I had was sorry to cut you off, but was skating like did skating fit in? Was it cool or was it just like- no? Ooh. Yeah, no, 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 no. For sure, it was not. Yeah, it was skateboarding wasn't wasn't considered a cool thing at all. At all, yeah. I might as well have been carrying a purse, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for you to say that right now seems so strange because skateboarding's so accepted. It feels like everywhere. Yeah, I don't know, man. I bet if you went to College Station, Texas, it might still be fucked up. Really? I mean... Maybe. You've been on these U.S. tours. Like, it's cool in some places, and then other places you go, and it's like, whew, there we are. You look over at this crew of kids, and you're like, that was that was me. <laughs> not, the, not the coolest dudes in town. No, yeah. I started in New Hampshire, and we just had, like, a small town, and it was, like, two of us or three of us skating. And we definitely were, like, the fucking odd people out, for sure. Yeah. No, it was... We we always had some ramps. I had enough friends to make little ramps with and stuff. Um, 
kind of like it was one of those things that like by age 17 all, almost everybody I skated with quit bastards so uh I was like thinking like ah oh, fuck well maybe this maybe this is over you know yeah. and then I moved I went to college in Boulder Colorado nice uh and then I met all a whole new like more friends than ever before that skated and it just like fired it back up hundred percent, you know. It seems like those two are like extremes. Like, is Colorado more liberal, and Texas seems like it'd be like more. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, Boulder, Colorado is super duper liberal. It's like I don't know what to compare it to. It's like, um, La La Land. It's just like it's like a kind of a liberal outdoorsy monoculture. Uh, yeah. It's great. It was a really fun place to go to school. It's really beautiful. And there was lots of people who liked to do fun stuff and outside and we built the skate park and had our little crew and the whole thing. So it was, it was one of the happiest times of my life. It was fantastic. That's rad. Did you do well in school? Um, I did okay in high school, but I did, I did, I did really good in college cause I was kind of like, you didn't, you weren't dealing with like high school bullshit, you know, it was more like the teachers were professors they were professionals like they really knew what they were talking about and you could yeah. pick out things that you were interested in so yeah once i got in there i was i was really serious about it nice yeah that yeah. that seems i never went to college but i finished high school and i felt like if i did go to college or if i do that it would be much more relaxed and you could like they treat you more like an adult or at least i'd hope so you know totally yeah it's i mean it's still there's still a lot of rote memorization and some of the other kind of horseshit, but in general, like it was, it was good. I had a great time. I was got to learn about things I liked and it's just being in that environment too, where everybody, you know, is engaged in school Yeah, is like, that's a nice place to be, you know, yeah. rather than just, yeah. High school is fucking nonsense. Yeah. Everyone's just like jerking off and trying to make out <laughs> and like <laughs> getting fights over nothing. Such a fucking yeah. Thing. I was just, yeah, I was totally bored and mad my whole last two years to high school <laughs> i can relate fully <laughs> yeah <laughs> what, what, what are your parents all about were they cool with you skateboarding and um kinda yeah they weren't like they weren't like super supportive about it like my parents were not the parents who would like drive you to the contest you know like if i was gonna go because in texas in the late 80s um there was skate park in houston Nice. Which was um, a a big thing in Jeff Phillips Skate Park. That was in Dallas. Then there are a few others. There's one, a couple of different ones in Austin that popped up. So like, you know, we would that would be our dream to get to go there for the weekend or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, my parents would never. They weren't. They weren't down. I'd always have to get a ride with somebody else's parents. You know. There was no minivan. There was no orange peels. None of that shit. Nah, I don't know. They just. Yeah, they weren't they weren't they weren't that interested. <laughs> were they ever concerned that you were like on drugs and shit? Because skateboarding was kind of in your town, straight like small and. Um, no, my dad used to always tell me like, I just wish you would do a more thing. He just thought it was weird that that's all I wanted to do. <laughs> you know, he was yeah. he wanted me to like do other things, which is not terrible advice. But you know, when you're a kid and you're like addicted to skateboarding, that's all you want to do. You know. Yeah. It's like, you don't, you're like, but they were, um, I, I did good in school, you know, I wasn't too much trouble. So 
they didn't have much to complain about. That said, it's not like they were like over the top, like stoked about it. They were just kind of whatever. Like, like, he'll get sick of it. <laughs> yeah, like they had when I was a kid. Then they had what was called the NSA Amateur Contest Series, the National Skateboard Association. Nice. And so that was like the summer contest thing you could do. So you would go to the districts, which was like. Texas, Louisiana, and Oklahoma, or whatever the fuck it was. And then if you did, if you made the finals in that, you got to go to the regionals, which was like another group of states. And then you got to go to the finals. And the finals was a big deal. Like it was in the magazines. Usually the dudes who won or got the top three would get to turn pro and stuff. Nice. So it was kind of a big deal. Like, um, so for two summers, me and my, me and my friends all entered the NSA in Houston. And I, I, I made it to the regionals and my, my dad wouldn't let me go. Oh, fuck you. Right. <laughs> it's just like, he was just like, he's like, why do you need to go to Missouri to skateboard? I'm like, but dad, I, I made it. I did it. He didn't understand gold medals and like prizes and shit. Uh, yeah, he just, he didn't, he just thought it was stupid, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what his, I don't know what his was, what it was, but they were not, they, yeah. What's but, the best you ever did in those contests? Um, uh, I got like seventh at districts, I think. Oh. And then that let, then I went to regionals and I've, I've told this story before, but I went to regionals in Missouri the second time I got to go. And, uh, that was the year that, um, Eddie El Costin had missed his districts. So Eddie Elgara drove him to a different, like, to go skate against the farm boys. No way. <laughs> Austin was at the regionals in my, in my heat even. And, uh, and it was like, there's a lot of pro guys who are pros now that were in it, but like, that was like kind of a serious, I didn't think that I was the best or anything or that I was that good, but that was like kind of a serious wake up call yeah. of like, fuck, like, <laughs> cause it was like, he did like, it was, this was, this was a mini ramp, mind you. Nice. I made finals. I made I made it in mini ramp. They had you street got... street mini ramp invert with the three disciplines. Nice. So I was I I could I would almost make the cut in street and then I could make it in mini ramp and I couldn't I couldn't go anywhere near it invert because those guys were fucking gnarly. Yeah. So, but I remember like like I was like one run after Eric and he did tail grab five forties over the hip of the ramp and my trick was the tail grab one foot and like. I'd gotten the, like my board had like, like shot out the day before. And like, you know, when your whole, like when a whole, it split the nose yeah and like the whole, so I pulled it. And so I, like, I had one of the noses where there's like a, a size of a playing card missing from the <laughs> nose. Just looking down at this piece of shit. Like I had a groin pull. Like I was just like, don't make up excuses on my show, man. Take your I loss. Feel, but I just felt like I looked, I had a moment of clarity. Not like I was trying to be a pro skater, but I had a real harsh moment of clarity where I'm like, whew, maybe I don't, maybe I don't need to do this anymore. Maybe I don't need to do a contest anymore or like worried about like, can I get sponsored or whatever? Costin humbled you. Seriously. But there's a lot of people in there like, uh, who Jason King, Jeff Taylor, Whoa. Donnie Dietrich, the Mac. Uh, Wait, Al the Mac? Park Andy Mac. Nice. He's from my hood. Al Partnin. Nice. Uh, Thomas Morgan. All those dudes were in that contest. Gnarly. You competed with all those dudes at some point. I got Yeah, I got stomped by them. <laughs> That's all right. You're in the race. It's all that matters. So, so yeah. 
So, but that was like my, that was before my, that was at the summer after my senior year in high school. So it was kind of like, I stuck around and went to that thing. And like most of my friends had quit skating. And, uh, and I remember going to the, and at the same, I went to that thing was just like, it was kind of like, well, maybe, maybe I'm done. I don't know. Maybe I'm done skating. Retirement. I mean, it was, it was looking, it was looking sort of bleak there for a second, but then I went to move to Boulder and it was like my whole life's re restarted, which is what you should do when you're 18. Yeah. What got you hyped on skating again after losing the cost? Just having, having friends. To nice. skate with. That was amazing. <laughs> like we had, like my senior year, we had no ramp anymore. So it's like, you know what it's like in a terrible small town. You're like driving 30 minutes for like an alleged bump. Yeah. You're like, is this, is this a bump? You set up like some garbage to ollie over. You're like, it's, it's kind of a bump. Is it a bump? And then you like, somebody r drives by fucking skate fag. <laughs> and it's you and your buddy in some giant new deal pants. Fucking trying to skate a bump that may not be a bump. So you're yeah. Not, once... You're not even mad at the guy who yelled at you driving by. You're kind of like, he has a point. Like, damn yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no, just having friends, just having friends to skate with. That was that was the main thing. Just having people psyched to go skate, and yeah, it was awesome. It was like so you 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 realized from Costin his vicious beatdown and the other guys partnering and who who else, and uh, you realized that your career might not be in that direction. But then you moved to Colorado and you just were having fun and skating. Yeah, competition. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you just realize everybody everybody comes reaches that point where you yeah. like think like. Do I have a stake in it? You know, like everybody has that point where they want to feel like they're somehow in it, you know? Yeah. Um, on that level. And then a lot of times you have to make your peace with that. And then because there's a lot of ego in skating, like you don't want to suck, especially if you've invested years and years of your life. Like it's hard to be content to suck. So yeah. even if it's on your little micro level, you, everybody wants to be good. You know, like everybody, you know, even guys that are terrible, like they've got that one thing, yes. like the switch front side, shove it. Boom. There it is. <laughs> like everybody wants to feel like they have a stake in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, uh, to, to, and you know, is you, you have like, maybe some people are way more healthy minded and they're just like, fuck it. I just love to ride, you know, but like, when you're younger, you're like, oh man, maybe I, maybe I can do this. It seems like such a fantastic thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So you make your peace with it and then it's, a, it gets easier after that. But s still, you don't want to be the shittiest one in your town or the shittiest one at your park. Hell you no, know, you dude. still have like, a, you still want to hold your head up high about it, you know? Yeah. When you're a young it's kid, way. when you're yeah. a young kid, you just want to like do the most you can do. Basically you have like big eyes and aspire yeah. to greatness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you yeah, still do so, nowadays, but... <laughs> for sure. So, yeah, going, going going away to college and just having friends to skate with and, you know, skate parks to go to and whatever we were doing, that was, like, that was plenty. That was enough. What was, a, what was your favorite mini ramp tricks? Or what is your favorite mini ramp tricks? Um, you know, I did a lot of coping dancing as a kid. <laughs> nice. Um, I could do all those all those kind of tinker toy type tricks, but I don't know what I like now. I like backside disasters. Yeah. It's like, I think that's a good snappy trick. Um, 
just you know frontside grinds just, yeah just, you know like i don't know if you kind of like work you kind of drop some of your tricks as you get older <laughs> not necessarily because you can't do them but just because you're like do i really do I, am i really gonna do that like you know i'm sure you don't pressure flip as much as you maybe once did you know I never landed one in my life I'm or whatever much. whatever the trick du jour of the of of your youth whatever was the hot shit you learned at 17 where you felt like a badass yeah if it's turns out it's maybe kind of a dumb trick or you just kind of like yeah I just i'm just gonna smith grind over here instead you yeah. know so um, i don't know yeah just frontside grinds uh i like backside disasters i um just uh, just basics basic dumb stuff you know i like manuals i like to manual on mini ramps <laughs> yeah like the roll out roll in yes I love me too me too me too my favorite is just rolling into it like letting it go to disaster and pulling it in like just oh yeah so fun dude just mini yeah. ramps um yeah i like that stuff where where are you at as far as height now what's comfortable on a mini ramp four feet five feet six feet um it just depends it depends on a thing. I skated I skated vert for several years, so I'm not like completely like shell shocked, you know? Like I can <laughs> I'm not the size the, the size isn't really an issue. It's like once it gets you know what's more of an issue these days is like all these parks with these with pool coping. Yeah. Cuz I grew up on like ramps with like uh metal, you know, yeah. which is kind of a more predictable beast. <laughs> so it's kind of like, and and also I grew up on flat wall because there weren't pools you know yeah when i was so that's like more of an issue to me now is like is like how slick is it on top is it chunked out you know so that kind of forces you to just oh, i'm just gonna frontside grind <laughs> <laughs> like am i really gonna get up there and get pitched yeah. but on a regular just flat wall ramp whatever i can do it nice that's funny you skated for i didn't know that yeah 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 i'm not in no way should this be as a testament to that somehow i'm i'm particularly good but i have put in some time i've got some basics down uh i still skate uh regularly and yeah so the olympics is out for you yeah well you know what we were talking about the other day it would be funny is like god damn it who is gonna be the olympic coach nice mike sinclair he gets my vote i know exactly who it's gonna be if you, you think about it hard you'll know who it is too okay I, I, it, it's gonna be my my Olympian, if I had to pick, would be Paul Rodriguez, and then his coach obviously would be Heath. Exactly. Yeah, that's I think gonna, that's going to be the Olympic coach. But here's who's going to be the Olympic women's bowl coach. Ooh, is it, is that going to exist? The bowl yeah. bowl for women is going to the two division. The two contests are bowl and street. Nice. There's not even vert in that thing. So who's going to be so the who's going to the Olympic women's bowl coach? Think about it. It's four years from now, too. Man. Like, that's going to be a thing. That's sick. There's going to be an <laughs> Olympic women's bowl team of which there's going to be trainers and coaches. Yeah, crazy. So Matt, look around the room right now and imagine who, who, who is going to fill those slots. I want it to be Alyssa Steamer, but I don't think she skates that many bowls, to be honest. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's going to be somebody you've never even heard of. Um, but... Um, but like even for skating, like who's going to be the men's Olympic skate trainer or the men's Olympic skate bowl coach? It's going to be whoever is invested in it that wants to do that. Because like there's going to be a huge portion of people that aren't into the Olympics and skating and like 
But who are the people that would want to be involved in that? Like, who could we pick? There's people um, out there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's the people that are already involved in contests right now. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. When I think but of the... It's funny to think that there's that is going to be a position. How do you feel about that? About oh, the, I think I don't care. It's like, I don't really care about contests in general. You know, like, I don't, I don't, I haven't been to any of the big major contests in years. It's just not really what excites me about skateboarding. Yeah. Um, that said, if I don't, I'm not mad about them, you know, if people want to, it's people want to do it. I did plenty of contests when I was a kid. Um, if people like it, that's yeah, do it. Fuck. I don't, I, I honestly don't, I don't care about that style of contest, but I don't, I, I don't, I'm not like, I don't think there's a problem with it. Yeah. You know? okay, I think here. that there's stuff, there's stuff that's like always going to be like, well, that's not exactly my cup of tea, but I'm not going to fucking tell somebody else that they're wrong or they're stupid if they want to do it, but you can do whatever you want. There's always been stupid stuff and, and I'm not even saying it's stupid. There's always been a wide variety of people's interpretations of skateboarding. Yeah. Right? And, and I like that. I For like skateboarding. Skateboarding so personal. Like it really just comes down to you and your buddies out there fucking around. Like yeah. when you think about it, what the, what's at the heart of it, it's you and your buddies making up this little universe for yourself <laughs> out there, like in a parking lot. It's so personal and so dumb that to like condemn one group or another as they're doing it wrong. is just ridiculous. So yeah, I'm not excited. I'm not, I'm interested in it only as a freak show yeah. spectacle, you know, like, <laughs> Oh my God, did you see that? Like, uh, um, but it's not what it's, uh, gymnastics, precise athleticism is not what excites me about skateboarding. Yeah. It's too controlled, too many rules. It's like the opposite of what skating started as. And if you like, and if you're not good at adding up the numbers and the points and the thing that gets me about the the contest structure is there can only be like top three, you know? So like you could have a million people, but it dwindles down to three people that get any recognition really. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't, it's insane to me. It's weird. It's just, it's just a, it's just another construct, you know, there's like people you make, like you have a thing and then you have to make another thing to make the first thing count more. It's just like, you know, we just make this shit up and they, you make it up that way and that's a thing and people get excited about it. It's all just like, it's yeah. all just, it's, it's all make believe and, and just dudes going, Hey, what if we did this? Yeah. Um, so well, I don't yeah. know. I think it's, I think it's fine. I think it'll be funny to see who the men's Olympic bowl trainer is. <laughs> that's gonna be, that's gonna be a trip. Andy um, Mack, Andy Mack, like, Andy Mack. I think he'll still want to compete, and he's gonna be so bummed if he doesn't make it. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Andy. Um, but like, but yeah, I don't know. It's fine. All right. It's, here's but, here's another question. Then, how do you feel? Do you think the Olympics will make an impact on the skateboard industry in any way? Um, as far as selling more skateboards, uh, no, I don't think it'll affect conventional, traditional skateboard companies at, at all. I think it has the potential to, um, there's certain media companies who are obviously, I suspect will be like really riding it hard. Maybe some of the pre-existing, um, people that are already heavily invested in the, the, the framework for the contests, you know, yeah. I think they'll 
use this as a way to most likely just kind of create bigger media brands, you know, like if this some energy drink company is highly invested in their media plan. I think that this will be, this will be a, a way to like cross over to mom and dad in a bigger way to like the general audience, as far as like being a clearinghouse of Olympic skateboarding coverage, I think that'll benefit them. And I'm sure some of our friends might get jobs there and that's cool for them. Yeah. Um, and I think it'll probably benefit, um, certain shoe companies, based on skate shoe brands well yeah i mean they're shoe companies that make skate shoes um well like core skateboard brands owned by skateboarders or are you just talking about no, no, shoes no. in general no not those the other ones <laughs> but it, you don't i guess my better question is will it hurt core skateboarding like the small the skate shops will it hurt the small brands would it hurt the skater owned stuff do you think i mean whether if if one if one side's success is another side's failure, then yes. Yeah. But I don't I don't I don't know that you could actually connect the dots on that. I, like I think that. it's probably I think it's probably more abstract than that. And if you were trying to keep score, you'd be hard pressed to uh, you know do A plus B equals C. Um, I think more than that, it's a chance for some of these um, some of these bigger companies that are doing stuff to create to set the narrative you know yep meaning even more so this is what skateboarding is these are the shoes you wear these are the guys and that's very valuable because skateboarding is is really new it's really poor it's really like uh, not poor it's really a new sport or it's not a sport but whatever you want to call it the industry is small compared to real massive industries that exist out there yeah but it's it's just also new and so it's like people who take control of the narrative take control of like the history of it, you know, like Stacy Peralta, the Dogtown and Z boys thing. That was really cool. And it told a story. Um, was it the only story? Was that, is that the definitive history of how skateboarding got rad? I don't know. Probably not. It's Some one people's... story. It's yeah. one story, but like, it's a very compelling story, but then that sets the narrative, you know, that becomes that history's can history, you know, is very, it's who's telling the story, who took that story and what, how did they, how did they pass it on? So it's like the idea of setting, of establishing a narrative of like this skater training hard, working his way up through this contest series to go to the Olympics, wearing these shoes and this shirt, that's a very valuable thing as far as like going, well, yeah, those guys, that's what skateboarding is, you know, and it's fine. It's totally fine. Um, that's the problem that I think a lot of people have is like, that's not our, that's not your narrative or my narrative. So it's offensive to us if it's somebody else's, Yeah. you know, but here's a funny thing to think about is like for the first 10 years, they did the X games, like, like almost nobody went. Remember, it was like Costin and then like nine Brazilians. Yeah. Like Aro de Arojo Jr. Rodil de Arojo Jr. won like seven times in a row because nobody wanted to go to that thing because it was just like silly. He was probably but, the man in Brazil though. He went back with those medals and just probably. Oh, for it. sure. And there was it was fine if anybody wanted to do it. It was totally fine. But like in general, nobody wanted to do it. They're yeah. just like, yeah, that looks that doesn't look good to me, right? But they. 
then you had a generation of kids who accepted that narrative as real. The idea of like, I work my way up and I get to go to the X games, you know, and then, then it became real. That narrative became real, you know, like, I'm sure you can think of some team, some ex teammates of yours that are like, yeah, that's how that kid came up. He trained at his local park. His dad acted as an, as his agent and he worked his way up the contest series to the X games or whatever was after the X games, you know, that became a real narrative. So that's, and to us, it's like, nobody thinks about skating. Like we were laughing, you know, like nobody thinks about skating like that. Well, you say it enough. It's, becomes real to somebody which is fine yeah but so that's i think that's kind of the that's part of what offends people and then um yeah it's like what what do you do what is what does skateboarding look like when that is a very dominant narrative um but the problem the problem is it does it it doesn't it doesn't affect me and it's not going to affect a lot of people um it's just like people people don't like it because they're like that's not what it's about well that is what it's about to this guy. So, and then if you, the more, and you know, the history, the history of everything and of the brands and stuff is only, it's only mildly important, you know, it's somewhat important, I guess, but like, you know, like there's a lot of revisionist histories with, with some of these big companies, but the ability to make new history on this kind of stage is extremely valuable, you know, and to own the branding rights on all the the Olympic skate uniforms and there will be Olympic skate uniforms that they will all have to wear. Yeah. Is that's very, very valuable as far as like saying this is what skateboarding is. Do and maybe you, and maybe that's what it is. That's fine. Do you think um this is a weird question. Maybe I shouldn't ask it, but whatever. Do you think the shoe brands, like the big corporate shoe brands, they might focus solely on the Olympics? Um, I think you can just see what they've done in other sports and see what they want to focus on. You know, they have a lot of things that they focus on, but, um, I mean, I think global markets must be a huge part of what they do. And I think the Olympics is like, okay, who's the women's, who's the Chinese (laughs) Olympic women's bowls coach. Okay. Yeah. Now, now trip on that. Now think about that for a while. I bet she's going to be a smoke what show. What does the Albanian women's street team look like? Crushing it. <laughs> okay. Will Will an American pro skater accept dual citizenship to skate for another country's Olympic team? I already was talking about that. Is Luan, is Luan from America or Brazil? He's Brazilian, of course. Well, but I'm I... saying I'm saying Lutzka getting paid to go skate for Poland. <laughs> they can have them. I like Lutzka, but they can have them. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So it's it's a trippy thing. So yeah. Um but getting back to your first question is like will it hurt? I I don't know. I think there's always going to be people that like people like what they like. You can't tell people that they don't like what they like. There's more sophisticated business models than others. Um there's always going to be um it's always going to be skateboard companies and and shoe companies how much they're going to be how much money they're going to be able to make and what they're going to be able to do we may never go back to the the bubble of the aughts the that, that that the bubble the financial boon days of the 2000s those we may never get back to those on the course Skate, side. the skateboard business may never get back to that that well, may have been that may have been 
very good chance that was an anomaly. Why do you feel that way? Because I feel like at the time skateboarding invented a new uh, category of shoes. Um, they invented like the skateboard shoe category crossed over. Like DBS wasn't making all that money because of hardcore skaters who had to have the day one. It was like junior high girls. Yeah. It's yeah. basically a new category of, of shoes was created. That was that kind of skate shoe. It's like an athletic. It's basically a shoe you wear if you're a teenager and you don't want to wear Chuck Taylors or gigantic basketball shoes. Yeah. <laughs> you wear skate shoes, which is just sneakers. And there were sneakers before, but they weren't defined. They weren't very cool. You had Chuck Taylors. You had uh, One Stars. You had, what was a sneaker before that? And then it was giant basketball shoes and if you're a prep you wore those fucking boat shoes with the leather with the leather laces you know like that's <laughs> so now you have a whole new category of like youth shoes and i'm sure adults wear them too so i this is seriously armchair economics and the i ask association could could probably correct me 10 different ways of how wrong i am but i feel like there was a really nice window when all the sh osiris etnies uh, DVS, all these companies made a killing because they basically were selling. They, there's a new category of shoes they were selling to the world and the big brands hadn't, hadn't caught up yet. It's, it's funny. The shoe thing's funny to me because I feel like if you're going to start a shoe brand, I know if you're a skateboarder and you're going to start a shoe brand, that's awesome. But I feel like you should be passionate about shoes and making shoes as much as you are skateboarding. So, like, I don't know. If I was going to start a shoe brand, because I like shoes, not just skate shoes. I like a lot of different types of shoes. I'd want to make more than just the skate shoe because I'd be passionate. I want to see what we could create. And Like, do you think core skate brands should make other shoes besides skate shoes? Like, because if you're talking about, like, there's not going to be a boom. I mean, that just, it's like, it's just the whole issue of, like, the... I think the bottom line is is that you can't you can't just sell these things to skateboarders. Yeah, you yeah. have to sell them to just teenage dipshits. You know, so <laughs> it's like dirt bags. Let's say dirt bags. So it's like if yeah, I don't know. I, it would probably be smart, and every shoe company probably has a shoe that that took off because it it reached it had crossover appeal. You know, a D three or whatever it was. You know, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know about that, but um, so anyway, but I think I think in the aughts we had this in, giant influx of money um, that that allowed skateboarding to do kind of set the the skateboard biz anyway kind of set the standard of what you do as a professional skateboard company, which is for a long time it was you go on these you go to Australia and you film for these big videos you put out the videos you make a punch of money on the video and then also your sales go through the roof you do more ads in magazines you know it's like that was like a time when there was a lot of money inside skating and it, it helped it buffeted the whole thing it, it raised the whole thing up what I'm suggesting is those days that might have been a blip there's a very good chance that was a blip and what we're experiencing now is more like back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And well, in so much as did did is are those companies those big shoe companies bad? Uh, well, 
in so much as that they were able to take all that money for themselves. Uh, they did it. I, is that bad? Like, I don't know. You know, like, uh, you can't tell kids that they don't like what they like, you know? So they just, they must've just done a better job and that they're more sophisticated businesses. Um, so what if, what if it took that to get to where we're going? So like, and you keep saying like, we may never get back to that, but so basically the, our industry formed and it reached these heights with the tools that it had. So, but then a recession happened, the tools change. So then there's well, a transition period of rebuilding an industry and connecting and trying there's to. There's a variety of factors going on and I don't want to do this to get into amateur skate business hour, but, uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, it's okay. But the deck production got commodified. You can get a quality skateboard anywhere. Yeah. For super cheap. That's yeah. another big issue. Is the hard goods the value of the hard good dropped out? Because they've moved they moved production to China, which made it you can get a a decent quality product for super cheap. Anybody can get them. They switched over from silk screening to fucking heat transfers so anybody can get a good looking board. So if let's say you're a core skate shop in your town and you kick ass and you're doing a good job, you're building a team, you're making videos, blah, blah, blah. You're doing everything you should. Well, obviously you're going to have your shop brand, which is like the blanks, but now they look just as good as a pro board. And if you're doing a good job, all the kids in town are going to ride those. Yeah. So you just knock the ass out of the skate, the, the traditional skate skateboard brand business, you know? So it's like that, that's, that's another factor too, you know, is that, that the production just got it just got way easier to make a good skateboard. It's not a rare thing to go. Like I could walk from my house and probably find five places to buy a skateboard. That's a good skateboard. Well, you said it. That's the narrative is really important then. So like the brands and the people that are investing in skateboarding that love skateboarding, they need to find a way to like tell the narrative or tell their narrative. Well, you just got to make it exciting. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do it. Dill and Aver doing, you got to make it exciting and people are want to have the boards. I went to, I just went on a U.S. tour. Every single shop, half the wall was their boards. Nice. So they're <laughs> they're they're getting people excited about what they're doing. Are the boards any better? No. Is their business model any different? I, probably not. It's just like, yeah, it's just a market. You know, it's marketing and and getting people hyped up on it. So yeah. whatever. I don't. You know, I don't. I feel like uh, this is a. Uh, this is the world, you know, it's all <laughs> the, the little guys just taking it in the nuts all the way around. I feel like this is, this is the global trend. So I'm not mad about it and I don't blame anybody for anything. And I really like to think that, um, yeah, skateboarding is you and your dumb buddies, like fucking skating the curb, laughing, joking, um, there is a skateboard industry. There is a skateboard business. I promote the things that I like about skateboarding and the skateboarders I like, and that's all I can do. And I don't wear shit that I don't like, that, and I don't buy shit that I don't like. That's it. I don't fucking shop at Walmart, and there's certain shoes I'm not going to wear. <laughs> and that's just me, but I'm not mad about it. It's just like, do it, you know, like, that's all you can do, right? Yeah, I, dude, I'm with you 100%. Everything you said, I'm following right along. I have similar <laughs> ideas and beliefs, and I don't like Walmart either at all. 
<laughs> it gives me anxiety. Not even the brand or like the whatever the global the global domination and whatever the jobs. Just when I walk in and there's so much shit and it's like I, I have a Walmart near me. It's incredible. It's, it's yeah. so it's, it's overwhelming. I walk in and I'm like I'm gonna die. I have to get out. My girl <laughs> out. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's too much shit. There's too many people. Like this is too big of a place. Like fuck. Oh, man. No, it's 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 wild in there. It's wild in there. I only go in there on skate tours, and I'm just like, fuck this, this fucking place. Yeah, yeah it's sensory overload. Anyway, so anyway, yeah, I don't know. I I don't think I think it's a waste of time, of my personal energy to get mad about much of anything. Yeah, because uh, it doesn't get you anywhere. It makes you feel terrible, and uh, um, life's too short. Yeah. So, but yeah, there's some. You know, I really fucking like Zorlac. I wish Zorlac was still in business. I wrote, I rode their their boards once in you know? a time. Yeah, I'm glad you answered <laughs> the question. No, it's just like, it is what it is. And the bottom line is that the skaters that I work with right now and skateboarding, like the dudes out riding the boards, is without a doubt the greatest it's ever been, ever. Yeah. The kids are awesome. They skate everything. They rip everything. We got skate parks in every single town. There's like dudes doing ho-hos <laughs> on vert. There's fucking dudes. You know, it's like, it's just the wild west. And it's like, it's like, uh, it couldn't be any better. You know, as yeah. far as like, as far as that, it's like, honestly, the greatest it's ever been. I, so I agree. Yeah. I just try to think about that. Try not to mourn. Lost shoe brands. Yeah. I ask all these questions because these are the concerns that, like, you know, in our industry, the people that are in it, in the trenches. Oh, oh, no, I, I know why. I just, I feel like, I feel like part of it is just, like, hopelessness, but also just 50% don't care, 50% like, fuck, we're fucked. We're damned if you do, damned if you don't. It mm -hmm. seems like bigger stuff beyond my the scope of what I'm capable of doing. And if you get on the high horse, you know, uh, you got to be ready. So yeah. it's like, I don't, I don't want to be on the high horse. I just want to <laughs> have, I just want to have fun and try to laugh and make jokes and see rad shit. No, that's awesome. I appreciate it though. Appreciate you talking about it. <laughs> yeah. But I feel the same. I'm optimistic. I like everything. I, I like growth. I like skateboarding. I think it's, I think we got what we wanted. When you're young, you want skateboarding everywhere. You want more people to skate with. You want like more styles, more ideas, more tricks, more everywhere. I used to be like sit at home and be like, I wish skateboarding was in the Olympics because like I feel like those people would understand like why we do it, you know? Like and maybe not. Maybe they'll do it for their own reasons. But either way, I was like, skateboarding's so rad. Like why not? Everyone should fucking do it. Like I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm an asshole for saying that, but I don't know. I that's how I felt for so long. Yeah. No, that's, and those are those are those are fine feelings to have. <laughs> All right, let's switch it up. Switch it up. Okay. Uh, I have a lot. To, we got a lot of questions, bro. You're gonna have to. You're along for the ride today, okay? Lay it on me. Okay. Well, let's let's. How'd you? So you're skating. You're in Colorado. Where's photography come in? Or like your focus on shooting photos? And where'd you get that? Um, from? I uh, I just I don't know. I got interested in it. Um, and would just start taking pictures of my friends and then you just try to get better, try to figure it out, you know? Yeah. So I made a little skate zine 
Remember those, like little homemade magazines? Hell yeah, I make them for my brand. For all I need, I make like little lookbooks and like print them oh, out cool. and everything. Yeah, so I, I made skate zines of me and my dumb buddies with our dumb jokes and stuff. <laughs> and uh, and then I would send those out, you know, trying to get get people's attention or whatever. So I did that when I was in school. What was the first scene, though? What was the name? It's, it was called Feedbag. Sick. <laughs> that was it. That was the only one. Nice. Um, I, well, I make little one-off uh, nonsense zines now, but uh, as far as like a project. So yeah, so I did that, um, and then eventually uh, Jake let me turn one of my pieces into like an article. Oh, sick. In Thrasher. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where that went to that. So yeah, just trying to, trying to figure it out, just trying to take pictures. Um, it was really hard though. Like, cause pre-internet, like it was so hard to figure out like anything, like what lens to buy, what kind of film, what do you do? How do you set the flashes? Like it was fucking the what, like you go into the camera store and the fucking wedding photographer gives you a bunch of really terrible advice. <laughs> And you're just, yeah. So it was like an adventure just trying to figure it out. But I had, we had the skate park then in Boulder, which is like, it's the one with blue metal ramps. Um, diehard fans will know it from, uh, Brian Anderson skates it in welcome to hell. He does like a rock and roll on the bank to wall. And then he does like, a, he ollies out of the mini ramp and then ollies into the bank at yes. night. That was our, that was our park. That's Boulder. Um, so we were there, I was there every fucking day and we'd just shoot photos of my friends and just try to figure it out. Was it, all right, two questions. One yeah. was, was there a moment where you're like, well, I could actually, besides when Jake reached out to you, but in the actual quality of the photos where you were like, well, I could do something with these photos. Barely. I could barely do it. <laughs> like I seriously, like it was, it was such luck. Even when I got the job, I could barely do it. Like, I was like seriously on the slow train. I had terrible equipment. Just like, just yeah, I could barely do it. So why? Um, so why you then? Were you persistent think, or something? Yeah, I think I just bugged them. And then also another thing is that I like the whole package. I like to write, and I have ideas for titles. And like, I wasn't just like a photo jockey. Like, here's my photos later, later, dog. Like, I I liked. I still do. I to make the magazine. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I love the format, you know? So I think that, off, I think that maybe I had more to offer because it wasn't just like, here's a f one photo of my friend. It was like, here's an article. Here's the thing. Here's the sidebar. Here's the jokes. Here's the captions. Like I was like, yeah, like it was like a one-stop shop. Yeah. Um, so I think that helped. Um, yeah. I, had, I, I got a degree in uh, journalism at school, which I don't, didn't really help, but it, I do work, I work in my field, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so at the time I was geared up to like, at least be thinking about it, you know, how, how it wasn't did... just, it wasn't just like, I was kind of thinking more big picture than just like, how do I get this photo? Yeah. You're already creating projects and had a, you had a vision. For sure. And, that, and that's what, I, and that's what I like. And that's what I still like. I don't like to, I like shooting photos, but I don't, I'm not like trying to shoot the world's most epic. I mean, I guess I am, but <laughs> photography is only part of my passion, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I've definitely met some dudes that were just like, let's go shoot a photo, do something gnarly. I want that photo. I'm trying to get it in a mag so I can get paid. I'm like, fuck. You took all yeah, the fun yeah. out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it was a little different, a little different easing into it. Um, so I think that helped me a lot, kind of getting the job. How'd you initially meet Jake Phelps? How'd the connection I be? cold called him. Nice. <laughs> I cold called him. How'd that go? <laughs> Fine. Really? Well, there's this kid, Rich Johnson, who's from uh, Cheyenne, New Mexico. I mean, Cheyenne, fucking Wyoming. And he's uh, he made a zine, and uh, he was like, he's a he's a strange bird. He's really awesome and funny, but a, a kind of a strange dude. And uh, he got something in Thrasher, and I'm just like, oh my god! Like it just was like, it's possible. Made me think like, oh, it's possible. So like I just called him up and I said, "Hey, I want to do a I want to do a Colorado article." He's like, "All right. Send the photos. We'll see. We'll see." Yeah. So I just did an article like with the dudes in the zone and just yeah, got it run. And at the time, Thrasher was not looking so hot maybe. So I think maybe I had a they were they were ready for somebody eager who wanted to get in there, you know. They're like he might have only gotten seventh seventh place in the Texas contest, but he's he's still going for it. Yeah, but even when I got the job and moved to Southern California, I seriously had to put myself on a crash course, photography wise. Like I was not good at it, and it was it's kind of sucked too. Like it it doesn't matter at this point, but like people got to see me learn how to shoot photos in real time in the magazine. Nice. <laughs> so I think that's like, sick. That's sick. It was terrible because the way, no. you, the way you, no, the way you, uh, the way you manifest a, uh, master lensman credentials is you do everything uber fancy. You only put out like three stellar images. And I hadn't, I did not have that luxury. I had to fill fucking pages from the get go. I had to I fill, like I had to fill that magazine, even if it wasn't maybe slight, maybe it was slightly out of focus. Who knows? Like that's awesome, though, because now you have a history of your progression in print. Like that's awesome. You didn't just put out a finished product; you have like progression, and it tells a story. It's awesome, and it's your art. It's like your passion in your art. And I don't know. A lot of it's just dog shit. <laughs> it's nice to think that way. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is like most people don't do that. You know, they wait until they have this perfect thing, and then they share it with the world. I don't know. I'm I'm the opposite. I like to just fucking share right away, and then like have humility and try to grow. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It was more just like getting in there. I just had to get in there and try to do it. So. All um, right. I got another question, Mike. Sure. And it kind of leads, it's going to lead us off a little bit, but whatever, because when you're talking about Thrasher and talking to mm -hmm. Phelps, I don't like, I only seen Phelps at events. I've said hi to him maybe once. He might've told me to fuck off. I don't know. Like, uh but I've seen him in like around. So to me, when you're like, I'm calling this guy to talk about this stuff. To me, I've only seen like a wild version of Jake Phelps. So maybe you can, I have a list of people I want you to explain to me if you can. Oh, if, he, sure. if even I'll, possible. I'll tell you my relationship with him. Sure. Okay. Please try to explain him to me. Uh, I mean, Jake's, yeah. When Jake's on the road, he's usually kind of more keyed up. You get a more intense version. Cause I think when those guys were younger, like, you go on the road and you're just like, you're just running wild, you it's know? It's like a tour, like a show. Yeah, you're just like, you're just going for it, you know? Um, but no, he's he's uh, he's real interested in, he likes to talk about skateboarding a lot. 
He likes to talk about photos. He likes to talk about skate history. Um, he likes to talk about what videos are coming out. Like he's in very engaged in the material. Yeah. So in that way, it's easy to talk to him because he likes to talk about skating. We could talk about you for a fucking 25 minutes. Like, oh, what shit. about anything? Or he'd be like, well, there was that one thing. Like, no, no. So he's like super engaged in the subject matter. So it's, it, in that way, it's pretty easy. No. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. He's got a few like personality ticks that you have to deal with here and there. But as far as like talking about skating, he's, he's with us. Like, Guaranteed, he knows more about what's going on in skating than than most other people who are in the skate media. You know, and is in- he is much more knowledgeable about it than like many of his peers his age at other media places for sure. And he's hot in like he's more optimistic or hyped on skateboarding than hating or angry. Yeah, no, he loves it. Awesome. He loves. It. That's I mean, good to see because every time I see him at a gym, he's just kind of like making jokes and stuff like that. And that's awesome. I love personality and all that stuff, but like, I don't know anything else besides that. So to me, I'm like, well, he's one of those, he's a big personality type, you know, he's like that, he's that kind of thing. And it's, it's hard for some people, people have certain expectations about it, but you know, if you want to see the, the, uh, the easiest relationship with Jake, because some people like he said, he'll see you. And he says, often he says the lamest thing he can think of right away. (laughs) That's what he says, you know. Nice. But but so if you want to see like how to deal with them, uh, you can see his relationship with Tommy Sandoval. It's okay. like, what up, Tommy? Fucking caveman. Yeah, you fucking retarded old bitch. And then they just start punching each other. <laughs> like that's what they do. You're like, okay, there it is. Break it down. You just cut. You just broke it down to its uh, magma right there. Genius. Because <laughs> some people get so upset about it and like get so offended and hurt and stuff. And it's just like, what are you getting hurt about? Like, you're crazy. Yeah. I've never really got upset, but I was just like, I wonder. Like, people I never... do all the time. People get their feelings hurt by him all the time. Here's a good one. Uh, after Fausto died, uh, Steve Van Doren came up to him and goes, Hey, Jake, really sorry about Fausto. Jake goes, Ha, you're next. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> he just the lamest thing you could say. <laughs> That's the thing you can say. At least, at least with him, you start at the bottom. Hopefully, work your way up. Like it gets better. Well, and it's just if you care. If you don't, people feel like they have to care about it. It's like you can just totally just not care about a person, right? Yeah, yeah. Just like it... uh, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. You know. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but oh. he's got a. He has a. a a huge power of personality. Um, it's it's a superhuman. Um, it's something I personally cannot do that he's able to do. And when you see it, when you see him at his full in full action, it's pretty amazing to behold. Yeah, he's he's legendary status. You don't you everyone knows Jake Phelps. You know, like he's legendary. You put him up there with legendary people in skateboarding. Well, yeah, and then also it's just like think about like. I don't know. It's skateboarding's way more fun to have people like him around, right? Yeah, less rules, less less points, less just fucking well, chaos. Just, <laughs> and just just people to talk about, you know? It's like like I skateboarding's great that Josh Casper was a thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Was I, he like the greatest skater of all time or the coolest or like he's not John Cardiel, but skateboarding's more interesting for having for him having 
been around. 100%, dude. Yeah. Fucking it. I saw a video of Josh Casper at Woodward, and he, I guess he put, like, a suggestion box out at the camp and was like, kids, what do you want to see me do? And, mm-hmm. uh, which was a huge mistake, because fucking kids, you know what I mean? They, they pick the, like, fucking eight flat, eight double set, you know? Mm-hmm. Of course. So. It's showmanship, Anthony. Yeah, Sorely, Sorely I get it. Today's professionals. I get it, bro. I, I just, yeah. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, peep. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, but Jake has the ability to get people's attention and make people trip out and worry and get mad and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's more. It's definitely fun having him around. Fuck yeah! Is he your boss? Yeah. That's that's who you report to. Well, no, but he's my boss. Okay. <laughs> Sick. Okay. Um, one second. I have. You want to just go f- further into the people? I wish you could explain to me. Yeah, I'll do my best. Okay, I don't even know if you've met all these guys, but I know you know of them, so let's uh-huh. go to the next one on the list. Mr. Jeremy Rajes. He's from my hood, too. Oh, yeah? I knew. I met Jeremy. I went on King of the Road with him in 2004. Nice. When he was a, a younger kid. And uh, um, I don't know. And then we had him back this year. He's fun. I just think he's hilarious. Yeah. I just think he's hilarious and fun and... Uh, the whole time, I, he's, I'd put him in that same group. Like we're so, it's we're so lucky to have people like that, you know, just fucking oddball weirdos doing their own thing. I love him. I think he's, I think he's fantastic. Yeah, the the 2004 Jeremy Rogers was completely different than the version of Jeremy Rogers we have now, which I don't mind because people. Just fun now. In the middle, he was like hard for a second. I didn't care for that, but he's yeah. still really fun now. He's super fun and goofy and fun-loving um, now, which I think that's probably his real personality. Yeah. So, yeah, he's great. But, yeah, those, there was a couple years where he, it was, it was uh, you know, you worry about him. But, yeah, um, I think he's, uh, yeah, he's he's so fun. People, uh, especially when you're, like, young, like, I think people just like that Jeremy Rogers when he wrote for Girl. Everyone was, like, really fan of Jeremy Rogers' skate. Oh, right? yeah, everybody likes Everybody likes the kid that rips, that's ripping on the adults. Yeah, he, yeah. We all liked we all liked Danny Way when I was a kid because it's like he's twelve and he's better than McGill. Yeah, you and then he took on music. Do you do you bump Jeremy Rogers? Be honest. Um, no, I don't really like. I only like funny rap music. This is pretty funny. You ever listened to it? I have. He played it for us a lot on when we were on this trip this last summer. He played his own music for you. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, I don't, I don't like that. I don't really like that style. I mean, I like that he's doing it. It's not, that's not the style of music that I enjoy. The only hip hop or rap music I like is like over the top ridiculous. Oh, okay. I'm the opposite. I like like, like, um, not just, I like gangster rap sometimes, but like conscious rap, like shit like that, where people put, like they create an art out of the album and they actually like, I mean, they do that with like gangster rap, I guess. But like, to me, Jeremy Rogers rapping isn't like my... I can't put it on. It's just like, I listen to it and I get mad because I'm like, I wish you would rap like this, but who the fuck am I to say that? You know what I mean? I'm like, that's what he likes. He likes singing about bitches and whatever he's doing. I mean, I like the funny stuff for sure. Um, But yeah, no, I don't care about that music. (laughs) All right. Jeremy's off the list. Well, let's, how was it this year with him? Was he just fun and shredding? Yeah, he was awesome. 
Yeah, I've always liked Jeremy, dude. I always go out of my way to say hi to him. Even, like, when everyone was hating on him, and maybe I did too, I don't know. But, like, when you're just, like, it's easy to make fun of or something because he's in a weird transition, and, like, especially if you don't like his music, and he did have those moments where he was portraying some weird shit where you're just like, eh, but, you know, he's just growing in, in the in the spotlight, you know? Like, his own little spotlight of skateboarding. I, I mean, I, I like weird, weird people. Like, I, I get a kick out of it, so. Fuck yeah. What up, Jeremy? I hope you listen. <laughs> <laughs> I would see him at the do tours, and I could tell like people were just like whispering about him and looking at him, and I would try to say like hi to him, even though like I could whisper about him too because uh, funny factor wins with me. It's tough, like, cause the thing is like I want to talk shit sometimes, and I don't mind if people talk shit to me, cause I'm like, you know what? There's some truth in it sometimes, and I enjoy it. And the funny factor wins, so like. I don't know. That's that's East Coast mentality. You grow up making fun of each other, you know, and like being ruthless to each other. Yeah, I think he's in a much better place now, and uh, he seems like he's having a great time. Okay. And he was he was awesome on on King of the Road. Couldn't have asked for better. That's right. Did he get naked again? I mean, this is the same one. Oh. Okay. Oh, you didn't you didn't watch it? This I haven't. This I've watched like um I've watched some, but I haven't watched them all through. Yeah, he definitely gets naked. Nice. If you. If, You'll be surprised to see just just how naked he got. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Didn't he get naked back in the day, though? I feel like was shaving. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was great. He was great. That's nice. Good for him. Yeah. All right, moving on, moving on. Forrest Edwards. Um, I don't know Forrest very well, but he's, he's a lot of fun, too. He's a real strange bird, though. Yeah. He's really hard to read, but um, I like him a lot, so it's like... And he's not like he's not like strange in any sort of sketchy way. Yeah. So it's easy. He's great to get along with. Like uh just he's just fucking weird, so you're just hanging out with this weird dude and you he's really hard to talk to. Uh but he's super funny too. That's the thing, is like he has some incredible one liners he can throw out there. Nice. So you just you know something's going on upstairs that you're like not you're not getting the whole picture all the time talking to him, but yeah he's an animal I like him a lot he's a mag favorite of the mag, and I hope he can hope he can figure out somebody to pay him to do this stuff because he's he's real passionate and fun it's fun having him around for sure yeah but yeah he's a he's 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 a strange one yeah I enjoy skating he's fucking gnarly. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's great. And I too wish I I too hope he can find someone to uh, monetize his skating or he, him find a way to stay involved and keep it going and build it because he his skating's amazing and like you said a personality. Yeah, um, yeah, he, he's real fun. All right, moving on, moving on. Are you friends with Mike Sinclair? Yep, he's one of my closest friends. How would you explain that guy? Oh, he's. Just, this is one of the funniest people I know. He is, right? Yeah. He's a super, super funny, um, kind of, uh, he, he's real. He just powers through a lot of stuff, like work-wise. He gets a lot of stuff done. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's one of my few, like, actual friends, like, new California friends, you know? Yeah. So you get to a certain, I came out when I was like 24 or 25. Um, and I guess some people are like really good at making friends, but like I have like a handful of like new friends that I've met since I've been out here. 
And he's definitely one of them. I don't know. He's just super funny, likes talking shit, likes making jokes, likes uh, just, yeah, just loves talking shit. He's really, me and Mesa did that Larry Perkins trade show video with him nice. a couple of years ago. <laughs> and he's, he's really, really fearless and really quick. Like he's as quick as anybody, like any comedian. Yeah. Like he, and just, just, just fearless. Like I was like dying when we were filming some of that stuff. Like I couldn't even keep it straight. I had to like go around the corner, you know, like, cause, <laughs> and he was just powering through it. He's just like, if you listen to his prank call tapes or if you listen to anything, he's super duper intelligent and just really, really razor sharp as far as stuff. Um, and as far as like all these people getting really upset about him on the internet and stuff like this, it's just like if you met him, you would just realize like how absurd your 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 anger or concerns are. Because it's a persona. It's not. He's like. Well, <laughs> sort it's of. just he's just he's just he he's uh. It's just like you. Can, I maybe it's hard to his some of his stuff is hard to read second hand you know like it's hard to like get the tone of it you know yeah but uh i don't think so but i could see where and, someone, and, and then just the idea of like that he's some sort of weird puppet master or whatever is just like he's he's awesome man he's a uh, he's super fair he doesn't hold grudges he doesn't he's not petty which is a very as you be, as you become an adult and as you learn as you work with more and more people you realize like he doesn't have an ego. He's not petty. Um, he's like very genuine and just super hilarious and funny. And uh, I wish I could get him to go skate. But other than that, he's pretty awesome to hang out with. Awesome. I, he was one of those guests that I actually recorded a podcast with and then my computer crashed and I lost it. That's, yeah. why, that's why I was asking about him because I want to get him back yeah. on. So hopefully he'll listen to this and then he'll realize and then I can reach back out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure he'll do it. He'll do anything. He, he will literally do anything. Dude, the first time, like I've met Mike a few times and I'm an uber fan of his fucking from the get-go. And then um, when we recorded the podcast, that was the one. I was like, oh, that was so awesome. And then it got yeah. deleted because my fucking computer. But I was like heartbroken about that. <laughs> How yeah, do you feel? How do you feel about him and Billy Mark's relationship? Uh, I mean, I already knew it before the before the thing. If you haven't seen the show, then it, maybe then that just seems like some sort of one off. If you're just if you're only if you only know that from social media, I encourage you, Anthony, to watch the television series, and you I'm, can kind of see the roots of a lot of that stuff. I rode for Split with Billy back in the day, so I toured with Billy, so I know Billy yeah. really well, and it's like yeah, well, then you know what he's like. It's yeah. fucking dirty ass, lazy ass Bill. He's versus, awesome. Versus Sinclair fucking <laughs> shit, trying to get him to do shit. <laughs> I fucking love it, dude. Billy Billy used to, on trips, he would always try to get me to go to the store with him. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah no, Billy is like, he's like a whole new animal. Like, I got, he's just, to me, he's just like the consummate shitbag California teenager. You know, like, just, he's great, but he's just like so lazy, smoking cigs, vaping. Going to Walmart, <laughs> buying dumb shit, eating dumb food. Like he's American. <laughs> oh, he's he's great. I like I like Bill a lot. He's uh, I've been working with him for fucking fifteen years. He's he's fantastic. Um, but yeah, just such a just such a California like 
suburb suburban desert fucking kid. Yeah, I love Billy. He's like he's some someone I consider a friend from those trips, and like he used to annoy the fuck out of me because, like I said, he'd want me to go to the store with him. Like he'd be like. I'm going to go get some of the store. And I'd be like trying to chill, relax. And he'd be like, come on. He'd like beg me to go to the store with him for no reason. I think he just didn't want him to be entertained. So He just likes to buy dumb shit. He's like, all right, there's some dumb shit over there I got to buy. Dude, he buys so many scratch tickets. I gambled with that dude a bunch of times. Like one time I had 300 bucks on a tour and we rolled dice at the airport. And three three rolls in a row, I lost $100 on each one. And, and yeah, then, he loved it. He just fell into his trap. Yeah, but but I know Billy because I know gambling and gamblers, and I was like, I'll get it back on the rest of the trip, and I did. I made some off of him for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, he's he's fucking hilarious, man. He's he's one of those ones that. We, I'm sorry. On those toy machine trips. Yep. I didn't know this, but I guess on Tuesday, all the new DVDs would come out at Walmart. So around Tuesday on the road, he'd start getting antsy. And we'd be like, and we were, we were with Ed, so Ed is all, all, all Ed's thinking about all day is where he's eating. And so he'd be like, well, yeah, where are we going to eat? Where's it? And Bill, you'd hear Billy in the backseat going, I heard Walmart's got pretty good food. Uh. We're in Walmart, 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 Walmart. <laughs> and he'd go, and I'm like, what'd you buy? He's like, Flint, Flintstones 2. He'd just buy the, just the most shittiest movies ever, like Sister of the Bride. Flintstones too, just like what do you f- just like, just the most terrible shit, and he would just buy it. I know. I seen his collection of DVDs went at his house in California. I went to his house and stayed over a few times, and the uh, the collection was fucking nothing to laugh at. It was ridiculous, but the amount of DVDs was nothing to laugh at. It was so many. Oh man, he's he yeah. <laughs> it's like a ca- he's like a walking cautionary tale as well. <laughs> All right, I see Billy Marks is stressing you out. We're going to switch it up. No, not at all. He's great. <laughs> I love him. And I'm so happy he got to do King of the Road, and I'm so glad that uh, he's, you know, I still, I'm glad he's still around. I don't Good. see – did you only release it on TV right now? Um, it was on TV. Yeah. yeah it, was a, it was a TV series um, that was on a cable channel called Viceland. Yep. And then um, we we also made our our little webisodes like we always have. So yeah. we made little five minute edits on the web. I seen some of those then. Yeah, yeah, but the the TV show is a little it's a, it's a much more elaborate production value, and it's an hour long nice. episodes. So it's like twelve hour long episodes. So it's a little it's a little bit different. Yeah. I've been asking people, and I probably should just look it up. But did you create King of the Road? Was it your idea, or were you part of uh-huh. the creation? It was yep. sick. Yeah. How how that come to be? What was there just a need and you filled it? Um, I used to do these little trips with my buddies, where I'd make up challenges for us. Um, like one of them was at the beginning of the trip, everyone had to draw a trick out of a hat that they couldn't do. Nice. And if you didn't do it by the end of the trip, you had to get your right ear pierced. Oh shit! <laughs> with a dangling earring, <laughs> there like like feathers and stuff. So we did those a little bit and then, um, yeah, it's kind of just like an extension of that, of like, and working together with some friends, trying to come up with, a just some, you know, kind of more elaborate ideas. But yeah, we did the first one in 2003. Not really. So I'd done a few of those trips with my buddies before that, but they were nowhere. They were, it was much simpler. Yeah. And then, and then in 2003, no, it was just like how to make. The, it was kind of just how to make how do you, how do I make the ultimate road trip? 
Yeah. You know, yeah. how do I make something that's going to be so exciting? And at the time, it was like, you got to remember, too, that that was kind of in the height of the video era as far as, like, people making full-length projects. And then Transworld had really, those those were their big years of really good videos, you know? Yeah. So part of this was, how do we trick top pros into being in a Thrasher video? Sick. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, we'll just make it two weeks. Everybody will do it for two weeks, and we'll put all this stuff in there that'll be funny to do. And every day you'll wake up, and there'll be something exciting to, happening. Yeah. So that was part of it. It was part of it just to try to make make a trip that was just going to be produce epic results. Yeah. And we get a video out of it, and we, you know, and I love like some of the most satisfying stuff to me is like creating stuff in skateboarding that catches on and becomes a thing. Yeah. You know. I mean, like, well, I guess a meme is kind of like how those things work, but it now possibly, but like more like, I'm going to call this trick this name yeah. until that becomes the name, or I'm going to make up this thing. And then people, you know, it's like, we've done so many things on King of the Road that have become a part of the fabric of skateboarding. Yeah. We've done so many weird, we, there's so many jokes from King of the Road that have made it into the the regular conversation they're they're part of the language of skateboarding yeah like the and ethos that's like, and that's that's kind of like my job working at thrasher is like yeah i should be doing that stuff i should be helping like coming up with fun ideas that make skateboarding more fun for people and it's like so yeah part of it's that i mean that's kind of a byproduct of it but part of it is, is like yeah like let's you know let's let's drag this old guy out here and talk about him Let's make, let's pull out this weird trick, old trick, forgotten move and try to do that. And, you know, that's, I love skate history. I love all the old guys. I love all the little jokes. Like yeah. all half of our challenges are based off of a joke. Something funny happened. And now we took that one step further and made it into a challenge. And to me, that's like super fun. That's really satisfying. You sir, um, you sir are a genius. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's total dumb stuff. Like there's no there's no genius about it. It's silly. You know what it's like. It's just a bunch of silly stuff. But it's fun, and that's all we're doing anyway. But I know? like it. I like it more than the Olympics, bro. Because like, well, there's points I, involved. I, but I'm, I do. I invest in the stuff that I like about skateboarding. Right. So like, you know, we have athleticism and King of the Road, but. I put the stuff in there that I'm interested in. So you can kind of see what I'm interested in. I like jokes. I like weird tricks and big moves and excitement and like weird races. And that's what I like. I like camaraderie and stories, like crazy stories you can tell for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like that's what I like. Like yeah. a, perf a perfect, perfectly landed handrail trick on demand is, is cool too, but that's less appealing to me. That's not, that doesn't excite me as much as, some of the other stuff. Well, I yeah, so that's what it is. I appreciate it's been, it's been I appreciate good. you using your powers for good. Thank you. <laughs> you could have, I mean, Thrasher kind of holds you to a standard, but you could win another way with it. <laughs> no, I mean, I've moved, I've moved the dial of Thrasher, of Thrasher sensibilities and tastes a lot since I've been there. Yeah. Because of what I like. I'm a little sillier than, I'm a little goofier than Thrasher was traditionally. Um, so, I mean, that stuff's kind of reflected. Uh, I've, I've definitely kind of, I've changed the tone somewhat, but overall, I think that 
Thrasher's traditional tone and ethos has stayed um, the most consistent of any skate media, you know? Yeah, 100%. And it's not a complicated story. It's just, it's real simple. It es- <laughs> It's like the essence of, like, skateboarding, sort of. If you like, make it simple, it's harder to fuck it up. You know? <laughs> wise words, my friend, wise words. Yeah. All right, we're switching it up. That's pretty epic, too, man, to be part of that history and to have some influence on it, even if it's a little bit, or, like, to have a chapter in the Book of Thrasher. Like, that must be a cool position that I'm psyched for you. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's valuable. It yeah. me, it means something to people. So I'm I'm honored to get to do it. You know. Yeah. Fuck yeah. They got the right guy. Um, Thanks. Moving on. Moving on. Enough. Enough of me rubbing your nuts. Okay. Moving <laughs> on. Um, if you had to fight one pro, who would it be and why? If you had to. Like because I'm mad at him. It's or up just to you. Because, because I think, it, or just because like a fight. I'm not answering these questions. It's up to I you. I mean, bro. I just I just go big and just. I just get knocked out by Sheffy. Yes. <laughs> like, are you the guy that got knocked out by Sheffy? Yes. <laughs> Make sure That's someone the shoots a sequence. And I've never been knocked out, so like to get knocked, yeah. Would you rather? Yeah. Would you rather a dope still shot or a sequence of it? Just a still, yeah. Yeah. Still, like sure. head turned, like him, like fully extended, punching you yeah. in the jaw. Just get knocked, yeah. What would he yeah, be wearing? What would I be wearing? What would Sheffy look like? Would his hair be out? Like I would like it. I would. I would like the the pink wig from the Vancouver contest. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I man. love Sean. I love Sean Sheffy. This is not a dig at Sean Sheffy, but if you're gonna get beat up, at least get beat up by a legend. You know. Yeah, couldn't agree more. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm a fan of Sean too. <laughs> All right, I had to cross it off my list. All right. Um. Switching modes a little bit. Where's the most epic spot you've traveled to that you just remember? Like, what was that one spot where you're like, this is heavenly to me? Um, you know, after you kind of go around a lot, you realize that you're jaded. Location <laughs> is not as important as the company you keep. True. And you can have a great time doing really simple things. I love going on trips with my friends when I was younger. That was my favorite thing. Uh, we did a trip to, from LA to Oregon and, uh, camped along the way and did all that stuff. Damn. That was my favorite trip. I remember on the third day I was like, what's wrong with my face? <laughs> and I realized my face hurt cause I was laughing so much. Oh, sick. <laughs> like I had been smiling so much that like my face and jaw ached and it's like, so, I mean, I like that. I like that. But, you know, when you're younger, you, you don't have as much responsibility. You're able to just focus on having fun. Yeah. And th- those are that's probably my favorite. That's my favorite time. Right. Yeah. I, I ask because, like, I don't know, I have certain locations that I go to. Like, I love, like, the spot in Narragansett where the beach is. And it's just, like, this full range of a view, you know, like, one uh-huh. And uh-huh. it's just, like... To me, and then I did that in Portugal, like, um, on Chris Naraco took us to Portugal, and, like, uh-huh. they had a beach there where we all passed out with, like, camp, it was, like, fire, and, like, it was so beautiful, like, the setting. I bet, uh-huh. I bet camping, for that trip where you camped, there's probably so many beautiful views and landscapes, like. I love the Oregon coast. Yeah. That's one of my favorite places. I was just there for a family vacation. I love, I love Oregon. Um, I had a great time. Going to uh, Scotland with the Rattrays. It was really beautiful and fun and interesting. 
Um, I have good memories of like, I love, I mean, just as far as like beauty and feeling like peaceful and I love going to Hawaii a lot. That's one of my favorite places. But like, as far as like imagining yourself, like in a setting and it was like an epic weird time, a lot of that stuff is helped by time and nostalgia, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, uh, I'm sure when I, when I went to Russia with toy machine, I don't. I don't know that I was like elated the entire time, but looking back on it and with the pictures that I have and stuff, it seems like a really special epic time that I got to do, yeah. you know, um, that I, you know, and it's also part of it is like, you're not going to go back. It's not going to happen again with those people, yeah. especially when you get older. It's like, you know, I probably not going to get to do a trip with Ed and, Diego, you know, it's like, that's never going to happen again. So there's, there's stuff like that, that I look back on fondly. Um, even if at the time it was like, I'm sure it was like a pain in the ass or I was mad because I couldn't find ice or, you know, who knows whatever petty, petty grievances are. But as far as being somewhere beautiful, like I have good memories of going to Scotland. I have good memories of going to Marseille for those contests. Oh, those were sick. And being on the beach. And I liked going to Barcelona in the early days with like the flip guys. I thought that was, that was super fun and, and special, a special time. Um, I don't know, but you get tinges of it here and there. Yeah. You're you're when you're somewhere and you're like, Oh yeah, here we are. This is it. (laughs) Um, they're harder to get though. They're harder to get when you get older. It sucks. Yeah. I hear you, man. I I have a I you probably know I do a skateboard brand but um my way of getting to go on the road and take these trips is I like have a skate team and these guys like it's cool because now I've already done the trips before and but now I'm kind of in charge of driving the van and making the experience good for these guys so uh-huh. it's kind of cool to get to relive it a little bit because like now yeah. I'm not the star I'm not like back then I was sponsored and it was like we go put on a show a demo shoot film tricks you know like it was just all I had to do was skate. But now it's like I get a go. I have to be a little more responsible. These dudes are more the limelight's on them. They get to skate and do all that stuff. But I get to kind of relive it again and get back in the yeah. van, be part of the jokes, and like <laughs> it's awesome. Totally, totally. No, it's it's not a bad time. It's just that feeling of like re- feeling very present. Yeah, feeling very alive that you're doing it. Those are those those moments are hard to get. Yeah. So I guess when you do get them. Or when you feel like you've had them, then those are special and you can hang on to those, you know? Do you, this is funny, do you do any yoga or meditation, the guy from nah. Thrasher says? Nah. <laughs> I don't do any, I'm real, I'm not very flexible. How'd you I'm, find your center? Why are you so balanced? To me, you seem very centered and balanced. Oh, no, I, you know, when you're being interviewed, you're giving your best, you're, you're, you're basically saying what you wish you were, but no, I'm. <laughs> genius I'm, you're a genius yeah no i mean I, i'm i'm like ever i'm probably worse than everybody yeah are Petty, you are you a million hang-ups yeah annoyed are your parents uh, blue collar like what did your parents do for work my dad no my dad was um a professor he taught marketing and wrote textbooks Whoa. um and he's retired and my mom has a PhD in human development and she's done various different, um, kind of therapy work. She was like a Jungian sand play therapist. What does that mean? It's like they have a big tray of sand and it's like a therapy where you 
work with the sand in certain ways and there's like these miniatures i don't know i've never done it with her this is something she's gotten into in the last 20 years since i've been out of the house that's it but she's into that she's very much into like new agey type stuff women's conferences she loves going she loves a good women's conference that's, that's her awesome. deal that's awesome yeah. i love those too <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's so. That's what my parents did. I feel like I would like your parents. They're into the same things I'm into. It's <laughs> awesome, and it's funny. I was laughing when you're talking about your mom and your dad because I was like, "How do you think you're so balanced?" And then like you, you didn't give your parents any credit at all. They're gonna be pissed. I'm gonna send them this podcast. Now my my dad's a grouch, and my mom's super duper emotional. <laughs> you want to get to it? <laughs> I think I'm just like them. I think I'm your, I should be their child then. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Oh, did you hear, and I don't know if any of this is true, but it's gossip and I saw it on a website and uh, I figured I'd just bring it up because it's a timepiece right now. It's in the uh -huh. moment. I saw, I saw Sean White was being sued for sexual harassment. Dude. Gnarly, right? I, I, I don't understand it. Is that that's something going on right now? Like some, with a band member or something, dude? It was tripping me out. Yeah, I don't I don't know anything about that. I used to see him at the skate parks around here. I live in Encinitas. I actually yeah. live in Car Cardiff by the Sea. Um, so I used to see him at the park a little bit, um, but I don't I really don't know much about him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I could you know you, it's it's important to be. Uh, it's important to be respectful to all people. And yeah. then, but I also can imagine that sometimes, uh, people with a lot of money also get targeted or treated, treated differently. So I just don't know. I don't have enough information. There was also that one, um, months ago with like the honey brand stuff where it was some weird shit like that, where you're just like some crazy shit is being broadcasted or went down or who knows. And like, then the rumor mills start. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, I never really understood that stuff, like that, th that, that kid or whatever. Like, that's just like I can't be, I can't be thinking about Honey Brand. Yeah. I'm a fucking <laughs> grown, grown adult. Um, but, but what I can, maybe what that that gets to is that, um, yeah, maybe uh, the awareness of of sexual abuse and and uh problematic sexual behavior uh it's always been a part of skateboarding you yeah. know anytime you got te a bunch of teenage boys all together and like young people and celebrities and girls interested in them and you know like i'm sure everybody's probably got a story yeah. of something that was not on the up and up and it's like it's it's a uh, i don't know i mean you deal we're in a very male very uh our i think it'll be it's good that there's is getting to be more women skaters yeah and in the public eye because i if anything so it can help tamp down some of those attitudes and behaviors you know yeah because then yeah 100% i agree yeah <laughs> which everyone's guilty of me i'm guilty of those attitude you know like Every, I feel like everybody, when you think about it, you're like, yeah, you know, you can always think of some sexist behavior or something lame you said or yeah, in language or 
uh, you know, so it's like everyone, I think everyone's got, every dude has some work to do on that. So yeah, I've hopefully seen more skaters. Like when you, and when you have a tight home girl that you skate with at the park, it makes it a lot harder to, to, uh, you know, it, it makes it harder to treat her in a unfair way. Yeah, because when you're a little boy, you're just horny and you're looking at him and you're like, oh, oh you're just so <laughs> stupid, man. But I've seen it on both sides. I think I've seen it on both sides. I've seen w- women or girls be mean to men, like ruthless, like, and it's okay. So, like, I think if more girls skate, then the more we can all relate and it can be more actual 50-50, you know? And not just skate, but just the more equal rights as it should be, you know? Yeah, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't think uh I don't think it's I think it's undeniable that women are taking it in the nuts yeah, <laughs> around yeah. the world. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, wanna... I wouldn't I wouldn't I think the counterbalance that some some women are mean to while anecdotally sound is it's like the all lives matter nonsense. Yeah, I'm not going to deny, there's a whole movement for women's rights, I'm not going to deny any of that, and I know how ruthless men can be. Men rape men in prison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, bro. (laughs) What were we talking about, crazy giants? (laughs) I'm just saying, you know what I mean? I'm not on any side, trust me, I'm just a a terrible (laughs) outside like you. (laughs) Okay, and the the whole Sean White thing, I want want him to be an Olympian, so I just, I hope none of that's true. I think he already did it. He's for snowboarding, though, right? Yeah. Not skateboarding. I don't know. Oh, but he can't because there's no vert, right? But is there gonna be is there gonna be a mega jump or anything? No, it's it's bowl and street. Bowl and street. Oh, Sean White can skate bowl though, right? Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if he does. Remember, remember when I saw you in uh, Rhode Island like a couple weeks ago? You're like, you can ask me anything. Anything. Yeah, you can. Okay, good. Because I've made a career of asking people annoying questions, so they don't get I'm past all the harsh ones. I just wanted to get – I wanted to talk about those, though. Yeah. Um. Okay, moving on. Who's your favorite person to shoot with? Is there one person in particular? No, it's the same thing. I just like nice people who are fun and enthusiastic and, you know, yeah. I just – it doesn't matter. I have a lot of favorites. Is there anyone you've never shot with that you wish you have or you want to? Um, not, not enough to like make it a thing. Yeah. Because I feel like that's like almost like trophy hunting. Like, <laughs> there's skaters I admire, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and I I like them. And if it worked out, but like, yeah, it's not like a a pelt. Like I got my Gons photo. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen my Gons photo? You know, like. But there's no one you could think of that you're like, damn, I just want to shoot that trick with that person. Um, let me think. Because if I was going to shoot a photo of someone, I'd want to shoot Keith Kirchhart doing like a front tail or a front lip on something epic. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, a lot of them are, they're gone. They're like, they don't skate like that anymore. Like they're ones from my childhood, you know? Yeah. I could be really killer to have that. But if you but could I be shot, back to the future and go back, I mean, that's a I shot I shot photos, like, with just the little brownie camera as a kid, though, of, like, I have Neil Blender photos that nice. I shot nice. in, in 1987, you know? Damn. They're not, like, pro photos, but I have a photo, and I trip out on it. I'm like, yeah, fuck, I, that was me. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't know. No, not like that. I just, like, I don't, I don't care about, like, 
I don't think of it like that. I like the guys that I've had an ongoing uh, relationship with, like an ongoing uh, friendship that I met them when they were teenagers and now they're pro skaters who have houses and maybe kids. And we've had a, we've had a nice long relationship of having fun, laughs and good tricks and covers. Like that's really satisfying to me. I like that. Yeah. Um, but, and I don't, and it doesn't matter to me. Like I'm again with like the trophy thing. It's not like I need like all the best guys. Yeah. Like I don't care. I don't think about it like that either. Like, it's not like, like, I mean, we barely, I mean, maybe P-Rod's had like two photos in the mag, yeah. you know? And I don't dislike P-Rod, but I don't know him. Yeah. I don't kick it with him. So it's not like I'm like, I got to get P-Rod. <laughs> He's popular. I Let me get P-Rod. You know, I just like, part of it is when I first got the job, they, uh, they sent me scrambling a lot and put me into really uncomfortable situations. Yeah. Just Jake probably being a dick <laughs> telling me like, um, we need a photo of this guy by Tuesday and like making me f have to feel real uncomfortable and real nerdy. And like, uh, you know, I look back on those moments now and it's funny, but at the time it was like, felt terrible. It like felt like I, I felt like I'm, I'm bothering these people. Like they don't know me. I'm the guy hanging around like, Hey, uh, you think you'd be down to get a photo? Like <laughs> that's a terrible feeling. So I just like, there was like a certain cutoff where I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. If I meet, if I meet somebody and it works out, it's totally fine, but I don't care. There's plenty of good skaters I know and I'm friends with and I can work with and that I will meet. I don't need to go chase down. Like, like don't, it would be so tight if I had a photo of like, who's the most popular guy right now? You know, like, I don't know. It's like me, me, bro. Yeah, I gotta <laughs> get Shetler. I gotta get Shetler dog. Like I just, it's too creepy. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like skate like how you creepy. How you treat, it doesn't feel like how you treat another skater, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'm I mean, not shy. It's not like I'm shy. Like I'll hey, what's up? You know. Well, here, I'll give you another. I'll give you another one. I'd want to shoot. I'd want to shoot Louis Barletta doing a bean plant or like whatever a foot plant on like a tree or something like on a mini <laughs> ramp back into the mini ramp. I'd be. You can get it. That that dream can come true. <sighs> Maybe. Go, over, go over to his house. And he, I think they skate on Fridays. Oh, nice. I I hung out with him uh, in, in Portugal, too. And he was one of those pros that I met that I was such a fan of and did not let me down at all. Oh, yeah. That's nice when that happens. Surpassed it's my image. It's terrible when it's the other way, right? Yeah. Have you had any of those moments? Like Totally. Horrific, just like... Not horrific, but just like, just a, such a bummer. Yeah. I've had a few, for sure, where you're like, fuck, they let me down so bad and I'm nothing but a fan of this person. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. Okay, going through my list. Alright, what about... I, I hate to put you on the spot, but... Some photographers that you like their photos or that you enjoy? Um, I like uh, Ed. I like French Fred. Nice. I like Arto. Basically, just my friends. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's people that I... Here's the thing. Shooting skate photos is not hard. Yeah. Right? There's people that are extra good at it, but uh, I don't know. It's more about their whole fucking thing, like their whole joint, like what they do as a person creatively, yeah. what their mindset is. And, uh, yeah, those are the guys I like. I yeah. like those guys. There's there's plenty of others, but um, 
as far as like the act of like this this thing bound in this frame, like it's easy. Anybody can do it. Yeah. It's a. It's like. Do you want to do fancy Photoshop filters afterwards? Do you want to bring out really really expensive lights? Yeah. And those, or do you want to have the really really expensive camera, and then make sure everybody knows you have the really really expensive camera? Like, great. But to me, I like. I tie it into like, what's the guy all about? What's their worldview? What do they do? What are they making? What's their story? And those guys, I like those guys. I like I like everything about them. My friend Chris Sessions, I like a lot. He's a, a really insane photographer. What's he um, shoot? Skateboarding. Yeah, but he he mostly shoots like like people swimming and like he shoots like really beautiful like kind of impressionistic photos. Nice. Like animals and just kind of dreamscape type stuff. Beautiful. I love that but, stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. I like that stuff. I uh, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not, uh, I don't know. I'm not snobby about it. Yeah. About photography. Yeah. I'm like that with skateboarders. I like the message that's conveyed and I like knowing what the guy's about and like their story, you know? I think that, I think that's valuable. I'm like that with skateboarders. Like people are like, like you asked me who's the hottest skateboarder right now killing it. I'm never into that because I just know like. I like people that have had long careers or has created and contributed to culture and been around. Cause usually the longer you're around in something, the more experience you have, the better your style. It's, you know, like, yeah, you like the guy's whole, whole deal. You don't, yeah, it's, it's not just about the tricks that they do. Yeah. So yeah, that's how it is. That's how it is with photography too. I like, you know, like somebody's story, like what they put in their body of work. Um, Yeah. But sometimes, sometimes I'll see art and you can almost tell like, cause if like real recognize real, you can see like qualities and you're like, Oh, I know what it took to do that. So then you feel like you kind of know the person cause you're like, you just kind of, I've had those moments where I've seen like skating and I'm like, Whoa, that's, they've been skating a long time. It might've been my first time seeing it, but like yeah. I could tell there's depth to it, you know? Sure. Totally. Yeah. Sometimes I get really hyped when I see shit like that. Um, Oh, Okay. Back to the list, Mike. Hit me. All right. I'm not hitting you, bro. We already touched. Does anybody? How many people do you think will have made it this far into the conversation? So many. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. No way. No. No way. No. I don't apologize, you son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Moving on. I know it seems mundane because you're in, submersed in skateboarding culture, but people like. I don't know. I listen to this shit all day long when I'm working. Like I work a nine to five and I put in a podcast and I listen to people talk about things they love and worlds that I know nothing about or I know about or I'm interested yeah. in. It's um I like the long format too. And I like the cool. the um I like that it's like unedited too, that's important to me. Brad, no, this is a joke. Um, okay, good. <laughs> um where was it going with Oh so are you working with Vans? Because uh, I seen you out in Rhode Island and you were with Vans, correct? Yeah, no, I just did that trip with them. Oh, sick! That was just like, yeah. what was that trip exactly? Just for Roll for Raw? No, it was like a, it was just like a U.S. demo tour. Oh, sick! Yeah, so we we started in Chicago, and ended in Boston. How many days or how long? Like eleven or something. Who was on that trip? Um. Anthony Van England, Jason Dill, Kyle Walker, 
um, Gilbert Crockett, Daniel Lutheran, um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Johnny Layton. Ty- Johnny Layton, he's he's on production. Nice. Um, Tyson Peterson, Justin Henry, uh, Corey Glick. That may have been it. I hope I'm not forgetting any of the bros. Sorry, bro, if you are. Yeah. Was, yeah. It, was it mostly jams or were you street skating and stuff? Yeah, we street, we went out between the demos, yeah. That's sick. Yeah, in a handful of spots. It was really hot, though, so like, kind of had mixed results. Yeah, brutal. But, uh, <laughs> But it was it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, I hadn't been out there for a while. That's right. I was I was stoked to see you in my hood. Yeah, I hadn't been out there. I hadn't been out there there in I don't know. It might that city. I was like, I went there in like 2000 to interview Donnie. Whoa, sick! You went and out we, there specifically to interview him. Uh huh. And like, we drove by photos too. Yeah, we. That was how they used to do it. They're like, okay, he's coming out for six days. Shoot the interview. Gnarly. And we passed a spot. I was like, I shot Donnie switch crooked grind that. What was the spot? I'm trying to think. It's like these little flat bars in a parking lot that yep. like go down the hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, it was cool to go there. Oh, I wanted to ask you, um, sorry to get sidetracked, but while I remembered, have you ever written like a book or anything long format? Like you said, you like narratives and writing. Um, I have not written a novel or anything like that. I've written I've written fiction. Yeah. Um that's come out here and there. Um no, mostly most of my writing is uh just in the magazine. Okay, cool. Because yeah. I always wonder what it would take to write like a book. I don't feel like I could like commit to that much. <laughs> Seems like a, yeah. a lot. Yeah, I don't know if I don't I don't know if I'm cut out for it either. I don't know I don't know if I like to be alone that much. And I don't know that I like to sit at a desk that much. Yeah. And you have to basically make that your full-time job, being alone, sitting at a desk. Yeah. And I already do a shit ton of that anyway, and it like, I, I got to mix it up. But I do, yeah, I do like to write. I haven't written that much in the last couple of years because I've been working on a bunch of other bullshit. But like, that's part of what I like about magazines. I like to write. Um I like to try to do a good job and write something that's going to have some sort of lasting value Yeah. when I can, you know? How do you feel about print and, like, the new stuff? Like, some people are kind of jaded or over it or they're, like, purists. Like, how do you feel about transitioning? I mean, you're in a weird spot because you still deal with print as well. Yeah. I don't know. I uh, I think it's probably inevitable that most things are going to move digitally. It's just too easy, too magic. Um, it's too easy to like combine media and have a video and some something to read. So, I mean, it's, it's a technology thing. That's just like undeniable. Um, I think that people will probably still want to have, um, magazines. Um, just like people still like to have record albums or people still like to print photos or people still like to do other kinds of tangible things. Um, and I think that, Thrasher's doing a pretty good job mixing it up and yeah. keeping uh, having the Thrasher experience across different uh, platforms and medium to put it in lame terms. Yeah. But like we have a magazine that that is really good. We have um, events where we, you know, we do the death match. We go do these skate rock things. We 
we're out there actively doing stuff. We do bust or bail like our contests. Um, we have a website that does really well. We have our own in-house video production where we make a bunch of really cool stuff. We have a TV show now. Sick. Um, so we have, we have a zillion people on Instagram. So, uh, I feel like we're, we're doing a good job. Not like, it's not like we're shit. We got to change it up, but just getting excited about and taking advantage of new opportunities and media. Um, and I'm not super romantic about any of it because I feel like at the heart of it is the same thing. And yeah, it takes a lot more. It's a different experience to sit there and read a big article than it is to like look at a caption on your phone or, or like a fragment of a caption or whatever. But I feel like our message is such that, um, it's going to work on any of it. You know, it's going to, it's going to be easy. It's like, you just, as long as we're engaged and paying attention and coming up with ideas, the only thing that could, the only thing like the death, death of print's not going to fuck us up. It would just be complacency is the only thing that fucks anybody up. Yeah. Like people getting way too comfortable with, with their situation so much so that they become out of touch. So as long as we're engaged with what we are doing and like it and are excited about it and have people like that, then I don't think it matters. Yeah. That said, I mean, I like to hold a, I like a big magazine, you know, I like to look, I like to flip through it. Yeah. I think um, you nailed I, it though. I'm on my phone all day long, just like everybody. Yeah. You nailed it. I think you nailed it. It's the same as core skateboarding. It's like, it's never going to go away if the people that live it and love it build and do stuff with it and create the events. And it's kind of like, you know, it's the same thing as what you're describing right there. It's like, it's how yeah. it should be. It's sick to see Thrasher grow to have that many tentacles. Like have the TV show and have the magazine and have the blog and have the so-and-so, you know, like, yeah, that's kind of cool to expand and see that. Yeah. But I mean, it's obvious. It's honestly all happened very naturally. Just like, what if we did this? What if you did this? You're sitting around every day trying to come up with cool shit to do and try to avoid doing dumb shit. That's (laughs) all you do. That's the the formula. (laughs) King of the road, my friends. Combination of cool and dumb. Awesome. Um, well, dude, I just want to say thank you. Yeah, thank you. This is awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on your show. I hope you'll come back on because I feel like me and you could talk for, well, we can talk for hours, but I feel like we could talk for more hours. We'll give some life, <laughs> let some life pass by and catch up again. Yeah, let it pass. Hell yeah. Mike, How are you doing? I'm doing good, dude. I'm, uh, yeah. I've just been, same thing, dude. I'm submersed in skateboarding. All I need is skateboarding, so... I'm in love with skateboarding and I'm in love with people that skateboard and like I just want to do fun shit while we have time to do fun shit and I want to experience it and have other people experience it and I just feel really blessed and lucky to be here in these situations where skateboarding is still a part of our life and we're not just some fucking worker bee like totally I don't want to do that I want to be a part of skateboarding and I want skateboarding to even be my work I want to monetize skateboarding where like more people that love skating can do stuff within skateboarding and like so that's my mission is to like keep it growing and going organically and and just stay like you said stay coherent and in the moment and and like you nailed it you said it perfect and that's what I'm trying to do on the daily yeah I'm no Jesus Christ I'm just Anthony Shetler who's like 
I'm a big fan of Bob Ross. My dog is going through cancer right now. She has ulcerated tumors, um, which I've for the last two weeks I've been crying quite a bit because like it's just rough to be in this moment with like my dog that I love very much and there's not much we can do. She's too old yeah. to do surgery, and like, um, but she's she's doing good today, which is awesome. So. I've been yeah. doing that and then creating skateboard events and podcasting with awesome people such as yourself and then creating art with skateboarders and artists and apparel and shoes and footwear. Everything's tied in with skateboarding. I have like a big teepee where everything, even my work, I work a nine to five, but it has to do with apparel and I do like all my, all I need apparel through my work and it's just like everything, if I'm going to do something, I want it to have skateboarding involved somehow. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Awesome, man. Fuck yeah. Thanks so One last thing before you guys go. If you could please subscribe to the show on iTunes and give us a rating and a comment. That'll help the show and be much appreciated. And also, thank you to the sponsors. All I Need Skateboards, World Industries, and The Edge Indoor Skate Park. Check you guys next week.